Ruby, not her real name, grew up in the province. Her father was a farmer who died from a heat stroke. A year later, her mother succumbed to cancer. Over the years, Ruby was left alone in their home. Her siblings had all left town in search for a better life. Longing for emotional support, Ruby went online. She found a new friend on Facebook. She was offered a job at a computer shop in Pampanga, a province some 650 kilometers from her home. She was told that once there, she could go to school after her work shift. Her boarding, meals, and allowances were also included in the deal. The fare had also been paid for by her new friend, and all Ruby had to do was show up. Little did she know that this was how her life would take a turn for the worse. At 16, Ruby became a victim of OSEC, or the Online Sexual Exploitation of Children. Hello, and welcome to On the Record, the podcast of the Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism. You're listening to the second episode of a special series produced in collaboration with ABS-CBN News and Sydney-based Judith Nielsen Institute, a nonpartisan, independent group that supports quality journalism across the globe. This podcast is part of Asian Stories, an investigative collaboration among PCIJ, ABS-CBN News, the South China Morning Post, the Korea Times, and Temple of Indonesia. In this episode, we'll hear from a survivor of online sexual exploitation of children and from child rights advocates too. Because of the nature of the subject, most parts of this podcast will be graphic and may be triggering to some listeners. Discretion is highly advised. Ruby was 16 when she was deceived into joining a cyber sex den. Let's listen to her story. It was really unusual because when I when I arrived there, may mga kinakita ako mga babae na lumabas sa isang kwarto, mga half naked, naka nakatawel yung iba, ganun tas walang pangitaas, meron naman naka-two-piece. I found out na iba yung magiging trabaho ko. I told her na, "No, I don't want to do this anymore." Parang ayoko na, ayoko nang gawin yung gantong trabaho, iba pala yung iba yung pinag-usapan natin. But then again, uh, parang sabi niya sa akin, sige, uh, papayagin kitang bumalik sa inyo or papayag ako na makauwi ka. But, you have to pay me with the money that I sent you for your fare. May pag-asa pa rin naman ako nung time na yon kasi syempre, uh, papayag ako na magdabraho para maka, maka, makapagbayad sa kanya. Naging imposible lang yon nung mga sumunod na araw kasi lahat ng pangailangan ko or namin na nasa loob ng bahay na yun, galing sa kanya or sa kanya namin bibilhin. Simula shampoo, lahat ng toiletries, pagkain, sa kanya namin binibili. Kasi bawal kaming lumabas. Imbes na makaipon ako ng pambayad sa kanya, ang nangyari, naging mas malaki yung utang ko sa kanya. Ruby and the other girls were all minors recruited from provinces. They had to wait every single day for whenever a customer would log in and make a request. Sa loob ng kwarto, may four corners. So each corner is my, my computer and there is a camera. And then, yung usual na pinapagawa sa amin is to make a show, like lascivious shows. 
to satisfy our um, customers' last full desires. Our customers were um, different nationalities, eh, Australian, American, and uh, there were even Filipinos. They will pay you per minute. Pwedeng papasok ako sa room na yun. Parang may kadena yung pa ako na hindi ko maihakbang. And once nandun ako sa, sa loob ng kwarto na yun, feeling ko ang gilin-gilin ng paligid ko, ang gilin ng mundo ko. While majority of OSIC cases are a family affair, social worker Melanie Olano of the International Justice Mission, or IJM, clarifies that facilitators need not be family members. Olano is the senior lead of IJM's National Aftercare Advocacy. Ibat-ibang klase siya, kung hindi lang ito perpetuated by the family members. Uh, pwede rin kasi yung mga victims can be coming from uh, different places sa malalayong lugar and was uh, recruited no recruited by by someone to engage in, in OSEC. In some cases, children get involved in OSEC not even knowing it's a crime. All they wanted to do was to earn and help their parents. Social worker Trinidad Maneja, Deputy Director for Administration and Services of ECPAT Philippines, shares her own experiences. Dahil doon sa lockdown na nawala na ng trabaho ang kapamagulang, eto, mga bata are forced to to engage, lalo't kung merong magre-request sa kanila or mag-invite, no, na ang tingin nila, madali naman to eh, madaling pera. Minsan nga nakatago lang siya. Kala nung magulang ay nag-aaral lang, pero iba na pala yung dinitin na sa internet. And we do acknowledge that some of the parents, hindi naman talaga sa technika, techno-savvy, kaya hindi nila maintindihan. Ang tanong nga sa amin nung nagko-commit education, eh ma'am, paano pag nilagyan na ng password, di ko na mabuksan. At saka hindi nga ako mamarunong kahit nga cellphone, di ko alam gamit. But Maneha stresses, even if some children facilitated OSEC through friends or by themselves, there is no such thing as a willing victim. Often victims are forced by circumstance or groomed by the perpetrators. And globally, Filipino children are considered ideal targets for online sexual predators. Lawyer Maria Margarita Ardivilla Child Protection Specialist of the United Nations Children's Fund, or UNICEF, explains. There were several factors that facilitated this interest. One is that our Filipino children are quite knowledgeable about the English language and therefore instructions in terms of these kinds of transactions are facilitated. Second, of course, particularly exacerbated by pandemic would be our economic situation. The fact also that data and digital equipment is quite cheap and accessible once you have the economic wherewithal to pursue it. Ardevilla adds that social norms in the Philippines also exacerbate the situation. Una-una is no touch, no victimization. Hindi naman ako nahipuan paano, paano ako naabuso. So this is something that is in the consciousness of, of children rescued and particularly the facilitators known to the children. For them, wala kami inaabuso. Alan Nunez, Advocacy Specialist of Child Fund Philippines, also points out that some parents think of their children as possessions. May ganong kultura pa kasi na pagmamayari ko yung bata. Yun is sa mga ah, kasi anak ko siya pagmamayari ko siya na kasi ang bata is dapat tinitingnan as a whole person hindi siya dapat 
anak lang, no? Or pagmamayari ng parents. So, may sarili siyang karapatan. Child's rights advocates also note a culture of silence in the country. Whatever happens in the family is a private thing. And children, because of these social norms, do not identify themselves as victims. To them, it's not really a crime. To them, they are fulfilling obligations to the family of helping them out, supporting the family in a manner that to them is not abusive or ex exploitative. But just because a child may not completely understand how they're victims, that doesn't mean that the child goes unscathed after the abuse. Neither does the duration of the crime, nor a victim's relationship with a perpetrator, define the extent of the trauma. Ruby's sexual abuse and exploitation, for instance, went for only two months. Others would say talaga na two months lang naman compared dun sa nandun na, sa, nandun na in two years. Yun na nga eh, two months lang po ako dun ganun pa ka-traumatizing yung, I mean, ganun pa ako na-traumatize. How much more yung mga nandun na ng nandun na ng two years or more than that. Yun yung lagi kong narinig sa mga kasamahan ko na matagal na dun where I was rescued. Okay lang yan, hindi ka naman nahahawakan ng customers mo. Hindi, walang physical intercourse. What makes it worse is because you're the one. Uh, parang for me, sorry, excuse po sa word. Kaya na po mismo kasi parang bumababoy sa sarili mo. Sa, sa ganong sitwasyon. So, para sa akin, mas traumatizing siya. Kasi wala kang ibang kakamuhian, wala kang ibang isisihin. Sarili mo pa din. Lagi kang papalit sa sarili mo. While there is often no direct physical contact with online sexual predators, in some cases, victims themselves are paired with other children, or their siblings, or with adults, like their parents, to perform a requested sexual act. This causes tremendous distress to children. And in a study conducted by Child Fund Philippines, some of the psychological effects common among OSEC survivors include depression, social social isolation and withdrawal. Meron silang feeling ng feelings of anger and worthlessness. Nakakaroon sila ng trauma. Nakakaroon sila ng difficulty to form healthy relationships, difficulty to lead a meaningful adult life. May naglilidi siya sa suicide attempts and yun nga sa iba the crime also affects how victims approach relationships. It's very difficult for them to, ano, to, to trust other people, no? Lalo, lalo na when the perpetrators are people known to them or familiar to them. And then, uh, may mga pagkakataon din, no? Na pagdating sa relationship, they are engaging to promiscuous relationship, yung parang paiba-iba ng, ng boyfriend. May trust issues ako hanggang ngayon. Naging vi more vigilant na lang din ako. And to my family, nahirapan ako mag-open up sa kanila sa kahit anong bagay um, after nung nangyari. Feeling ko, hindi ako bilang sa society. Parang wala akong karapatan na makihalo-bilo sa ibang tao. So yun, ilang na ilang talaga ako. At feeling ko, mas bababa ako lagi. Tingin ko sarili ko. Sarili ko. A separate study by UNICEF showed that the highest trauma happens at the point of extraction and rescue. It drives anxiety and later on when they're separated from their parents, nandoon yung guilt, 
because they feel that they had a hand, no? Meron silang kagagawan sa pagkahiwalay at pagkawatak-watak ng pamilya nila. May mga cases tayo na yung mga bata nakakaramdam na, na hindi maganda yung pinapagawa sa kanila. No? Pero they still do it kasi nga, they, they, they trusted this person. Kaya dun pa lang, parang meron ng confusion yung bata. At syempre, pagdating ng, ng rescue operation, um, more or less, na, nalilito na rin siya. Ano nga ba itong nangyayari? Bakit, bakit may ganito uh, rescue operation? Bakit ako kinukuha? Bakit ako hinihiwalay? It's doon sa pamilya ko at dinadala sa isong lugar. Mali ba yung ginawa ni nanay? Kasi nasa ano lang naman kami, nasa harap lang naman kami ng computer. Eh. Ang dagdag pa na guilt sa mga bata, yung, alabawa, yung kapatid ng nanay niya sasabihin, o oh, dahil sa'yo, oh, tingnan mo, ngayon nagwatak-watak kayo, naghiwahiwalay kayo magkakapatid, kaya dahil sa'yo, kaya yun nangyari. In fact, they would be resentful to the people that separated them from their parents from people that they love and they trust. Normal yon na palaging may may resistance no with the children. Takot because there are new people in in the house no. Uh, takot because they were separated from the family. Ay masasabi natin na but it can be a short-term impact. Pero uh, gusto ko lang din i-emphasize na itong mga takot na to would be ay mas maganda na nararamdaman nila ngayon kesa mas maprolong yung, yung abuse. And so that national study tells us that getting into the mind of this child victim is key to understanding what is the best way to rehabilitate the child. This is where aftercare comes in. Rescue is only the initial phase. Olano tells us more. So when we talk about aftercare, yun yung components of care that we are providing. To, to these children, the moment they are being rescued and the moment that they are being reintegrated to their families. It's a multidisciplinary team. So that's why we have different partners like police, uh, like lawyers, like our social workers who are really dealing closely with this, you know, with these uh, victims and survivors. They are also assessing simultaneously the family para lang makita ano naman yung sitwasyon ng family. Ang pinaka-goal kasi nung assessment natin, of course, we, we don't want these children to be, uh, to stay in a shelter ng, ng matagal. Kaya tinitignan natin yung mga possibilities. So, it's either mabalik sa family, kung, kung ang family naman ay safe, walang kinalaman doon sa, uh, sa crime, or pwede rin naman kinship care. So kung ang perpetrators or facilitators are family members who are the next of kin na pwedeng ma-assess uh, para mag-take ng custody dito sa bata o baka naman kung wala talagang ma-identify na, na safe and supportive family for these victims to go home to, then we might as well refer her for foster care. It's very important to have an intervention rehabilitation plan customized to the child, the child's personality, the child's perspective, the child's experience. That is the only way for us to be able to increase the level of awareness of the child, acceptance of the child, and healing of the child. For Ruby, the process of healing took years. Kahit ngayon, natanggap ko na nung nangyari sa akin, 
restored or recovered na ako pag um, nagpa-flashback pa rin yung pag nagpa-flashback or inaalala ko yung mga detalye ng kung ano yung mga nangyari sa akin Uh, bumabalik na pa rin yung, yung, yung emotions mo, naiiyak ka pa rin. Hindi mo na siya kasi mabubura sa pagkatao mo habang buhay. It's a matter of acceptance na lang. It's part of you na. Wherever you go, whatever you do, it's part of yourself na talaga. Instead of burying memories of her past, Ruby chooses to join the fight against Osek. Hindi kasi mapapalitan ng kahit anong pera yung dignidad mo. Mahirap ibalik yung tingin sa sarili mo. Yung tingin mo sa sarili mo na mawawalan ka ng confidence. Pandidiri ka mismo sa sarili mo. So gusto kong maintindihan ng mga bata yun. Gusto kong maintindihan nila yun na um, it's okay to resist. It's okay to refuse kahit pamilya mo sila. Dahil um, dapat nilang malaman yung karapatan nila at may karapatan silang protektahan yung dignidad nila, yung sarili nila kahit against their family pa. Sadly, not all rescued victims are able to commit to sustained restoration. When it comes to restoration rate, uh, masasabi namin na 70 to 80 percent ang ating restoration rate uh, pagdating sa ating uh, OSEC survivors. Well, may mga pagkakataon na we, we lost contact sa iba, after a year, hindi na namin alam kung nasan sila. It's either lumipat na kung wala na sa part- dating lugar na kung saan siya na-reintegrate. There are some children talaga na bumabalik. Isang ano reality yan. Kasi kung binalik mo, despite dun sa preparation sa pamilya, ganun pa rin eh. Mahirap pa rin sila eh. Wala pa rin opportunities. Minsan nasasanay sila, easy money. Eh, eh siyempre Pagka yung celebrity, hindi mo agad-agad dyan eh, di ba? Sa basahan, gagawang basahan, magkano lang yan. So, malalaman namin na na-recruit ulit, tapos eto ulit siya, eto usik. There's still so much work to be done to combat online sexual abuse and exploitation of children. Isa sa mga gaps na nararanasan natin no, pagdating sa addressing the, the needs of our OSEC survivors is the access to mental health. Diba? So, uh, mental health services are very expensive here in the Philippines. Uh, kung meron man available from our government facilities like hospitals, pero pila talaga yan. Hindi lahat ng ating aftercare facilities, they have psychologists. Some organizations, they don't have the capacity to, to really hire for a psychologist. Diba? And also, yung tinatawag natin na mga psychological testing, that's very expensive, yung mga tools na ginagamit. Yung sa aftercare, may ibang mga LGBTQ children, mga transgender kids. Karamihan ng mga partners kasi nila, mostly ng mga partner shelter nila, temporary shelter, mga religious group, na hindi comfortable yung mga batang LGBT or transgender. Ang nangyayari tuloy, mas hindi nagiging effective intervention, patakas yung bata. From our end, sa IJM, we are advocating uh, for our uh, law enforcement for additional uh, 
additional resources like budget, personnel kasi they are doing the ano eh, they're doing the the legwork talaga. Sila yung nasa baba na nagkakandak ng rescue operation and it's very important na they have enough resources to do this rescue operation para ma-provide natin yung sinasabi nating aftercare to these children. In terms of litigation, we would like to see the lessening of the need for testimonial evidence because testimonial evidence would mean that the child has to stand witness against for the crime done against him or her. So we would like to see uh, rules of court that allows for preservation of testimony of these children um, where we could use technology, for instance. Uh, that's one thing that we would like to see. Preservation of testimony and lessening of victimization by having to rely so much on testimonial evidence. We would like to see local government units invest in what we call child protection units. These CPUs or child protection units actually house a multitude of disciplines and practitioners that are already there under one roof that a child and their caregiver would be able to access. In other words, pagpasok ng bata sa child protection unit, na ando na si police, na ando na si doktor, na ando na si abogado, na ando na si social worker, na ando na si psychologist. At yun ang yun ang kanyang babalikan na lugar. At hindi na siya kailangan ipasa-pasa pa. The community people, even the parents, no, na i-form siya parang watch group. Kasi di ba may mga puro leaders. Yung mga puro leader, parang binuunam siya sa watch group na any suspicious na actions ganun i-report agad sa barangay mahalaga maintindihan issue at yon yung proactive na i-report yung mga incidences or mga yon nakikita nilang kahinahinalang activities sa kanilang komunidad the online sexual abuse and exploitation of children our studies have seen is that it's so complex so nuanced so many elements so many stakeholders that it cannot just be addressed by a law enforcement solution or a justice solution or a social welfare solution or even an education advocacy solution. It's a whole of society approach that is required. And the community is a frontliner to that. We want to prevent this kind of violence, not just react to it, not just respond to it, but we want to prevent it. And, and that kind of accountability, that kind of demand can only come from a community talking to their own local government counterparts. To protect the child, we all have a role to play. Napakahirap maging biktima of any crime actually, whether you're an adult or a child, but it's compounded and exacerbated if the experience is, is undertaken by a child. The impact of online sexual abuse and exploitation of children on the child himself or herself and the family is really egregious. But we have seen that if we have customized, trauma-informed uh, and transformative rehabilitation programs, there really is hope for the child. That's the main message that we would like to see, that everyone is responsible for these children, that we have to talk about it, we have to be compassionate, and we have to demonstrate our compassion through action. A child only needs one adult who could give her or him unconditional love and everything will be okay. Yun lang. Kaya nga, it, it takes a whole community to raise a child, di ba?
This podcast was written by Cherry Salazar of the Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism and produced by ABS-CBN with support from the Judith Nielsen Institute. The interviews were conducted by Cherry Salazar of PCIJ with transcription assistance from Alexis Guevara and Daniela Paulino. If you want to learn more about the extent of OSEC and the efforts being done to curb it, you may check PCIJ's website, pcij.org for our complimentary multi-part investigative report. The ABS-CBN News Channel will also premiere a documentary on OSEC in the coming days. If you found this podcast informative, feel free to share it on social media and subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PCIJ.org. That's PCIJ.org. Stay tuned for the next episodes of On the Record. This has been Shara Zambrano. Thank you for listening.